Hi, welcome back. Michelle Sparks with you, illuminating anorexia, eating, self and body issues. Great to have your company. My guest today is Melinda Tankard-Reist, author, journalist and speaker with a passion to address the objectification of women, the sexualization of girls and the pornification of culture, trafficking and violence against women. Melinda is also the co-founder of Collective Shout for a world free of sexploitation. Melinda, it is such a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for your time this morning. It's my pleasure. Thanks for your interest, Michelle. Okay. I think it might be great just to start by if you could perhaps define, describe or perhaps explain for our listeners what you mean when you talk about the pornification of culture. What I mean when I talk about the pornification of culture is the globalization and proliferation of hypersexualized messages everywhere in media, in advertising, marketing, clothing, music, pop culture where these pornified messages are bombarding especially our young people and giving them distorted ideas about their bodies, about relationships and about sexuality and also according to the global research making our, our kids very unwell. Yes, I yeah, anxiety yeah, I work in the eating disorder spaces, I think I might have mentioned, and yes. I have no doubt that the increasing pornification of culture is having a huge impact here on the things that we are seeing. Can I ask you, look, it really feels like it's increasing, it's escalating, it has done over the last decade. Mm. Um, can you tell us what the research is showing and what you are seeing in the work that yes. you are doing? Well, there's a growing body of global literature on the subject now, so it's not just my opinion or the opinions of my colleagues in Collective Shout. There's a growing research base now which indicates linkages, connections between objectifying women and sexualizing girls and the negative physical and mental health outcomes. What we are seeing is increases in eating disorders, as you are seeing yourself, Depression is a big one. Anxiety is through the roof. In fact, anxiety is being described as a new eating disorder for our, for our girls. It's that significant. A yes. low self-esteem, a poor academic performance, deliberate self-harm. In Australia, uh, not, rates of self-harm in adolescent girls have increased 90% in 10 years, uh, deliberately turning their, their angst on themselves, in on themselves, on their own bodies. Uh, and these findings are consistent across uh, the research studies, uh, meta-analysis, etc. What we are seeing on the ground is, is all of those things. Everywhere I go around the country, parents and teachers are telling me the same thing. Our girls are more depressed, they're more worried, they're more anxious, they're more concerned about their bodies, they're more worried about whether they look hot or not. And a couple of years ago I would have parents telling me this regarding girls that were 16 and 17. I think one of the most distressing things in the last few years is that now I have parents telling me these stories about their 9, 10, 11 and 12 year olds uh, yes. who are worried that they're not thin, hot and sexy, that they don't reach acceptable normative beauty standards in this country and it's making our girls in particular very ill. We have a rise of negative physical and mental health outcomes from eating disorders, anxiety, depression, self-harm, low self-esteem and poor academic performance. Uh, I believe we are facing a significant crisis amongst our girls 
with their negative attitudes towards their bodies, thinking that they are fat, thinking they are disgusting, thinking they are unworthy even yes. to, to live. Uh, yes. It's very, oh. very troubling. It's, it's distressing in the extreme, as you're saying. Mm. And Melinda, I'm thinking, you know, this impact on their relationship with themselves is so profound that it then outworks in their relationships with others, doesn't it? So I know that I, I read an article that you were just writing and it was talking about the experience of young women in relationship with young men and they're groomed by this porn culture. Do you want to tell us anything that you're seeing there? Absolutely, yes. I wrote a piece called Growing Up in Pornland, which was published on the ABC Religion and Ethics website. That piece attracted a million hits to that website. Uh, it's the record most read piece viewed there. And in that piece, I related the stories that girls are telling me about how they are harmed by porn-conditioned boys. Boys demanding sexual acts, sexual favours that girls don't want or like. Girls being harassed at school. Girls being groped at school or on the school bus on the way home. Demands for sexy selfies, naked images. Even 12 and 13-year-old girls receiving on their phones demands from boys for naked selfies. Um, boys comparing girls' bodies on the basis of porn star bodies, whether the girls... Mm match up to the bodies of porn stars. And then we wonder why girls are anxious and depressed. Like, where is the mystery here? To me, yes. the mystery is that any girls make it through unscathed. That's yes. the mystery. Yes. That's the, how did that even happen? So our girls oh, are yes. impacted at disproportionate ways uh, by boys who are conditioned by pornography, which they are seeing at an average age of 11. That's not even the youngest age. That's the average. And often they are viewing pornography which eroticizes and glamorizes violence against women. We're teaching boys that violence is sexy. And, you know, we have these national campaigns to address violence against women, but we are doing nothing to address the cultural drivers of that very same violence, the normative beliefs, the permission-giving beliefs to boys that girls' bodies exist for their sexual gratification and pleasure. Boys are learning a sense of entitlement to the bodies of women and girls. Girls are learning that they exist primarily as sexual service stations for men and boys. Girls are so disconnected from their own sense of pleasure, their sense of intimacy and authentic human connection. For example, I asked a 15-year-old girl about her first sexual experience and she said, I think my body looked okay, he seemed to enjoy it. So it was more about she looked okay, he had a great time. She wasn't able to articulate whether it was pleasurable to her, enjoyable for her. That, wasn't, that was almost an irrelevancy because she looked okay and he had a good time. I hear you. So the girls are just seeing themselves as object, not person, not sacred, not beautiful. Exactly. Oh, it's correct. so distressing for, as you said, for the mums. For I mean, I'm an yeah. auntie and I know that I was horrified, not surprised because of what I'm seeing, but so distressed just to know that my beautiful young niece, you know, and the girls that she's amongst, they feel like they have to have Brazilians and they have to have anal sex and they, there's a whole lot of things that they are thinking they are required to do for relationship. Coerced yeah. and unwanted sex is a major theme amongst the girls that I talk to. I have had year seven and eight girls ask me, how do I say no without 
hurting his feelings. They are seeking advice on how to navigate sexual requests, sexual coercion, sexual pressure, sexual intrusion into their everyday lives that they don't want or seek or enjoy. And it's unfair for them. They shouldn't yes. have to be navigating sexual requests at 11 and 12 and no. being harassed, broken, no. judged and assessed uh, on the yes. basis of their, their bodies, uh, competing, feeling they have to compete with other girls feeling that they have to put their bodies on display, you know, on yes. social media globally, and that that's yes. what counts. So they're not valued for their gifts, their talents, their abilities, uh, their, their desire to change the world or to be a loving sibling or a devoted friend. They're not valued for their spirituality. They're not valued for anything other than whether they look hot or not. And yes. again, this is, what, this is making our girls so unwell. And absolutely, and it's robbing them of a childhood, and it's robbing them of even discovering those beautiful qualities that are make them unique and wonderful and powerful, and with so much to offer in relationship and with in the world. As you're, you're That's talking exactly about, right. yes, it's really it's a grief. I I, I know that um, you know I even watched a number of girls just going out one night, and they were probably a bit older than some of those school girls. Mm. They might have been 18, 19, but just mm. even seeing the way they were dressed and knowing that in their heart they're mm. looking for love and connection and belonging, and yet they are groomed by the culture to present this way, and they're presenting to boys who are also groomed by the culture to mm. not treat them as valuable and precious. So it's, mm. I feel for the boys too because the boys are being, they're being sold a lie about what is important and and so one of my big questions and you might want to get to this whenever you like but is how do we help our young people develop a healthy sexuality in this pornified culture well it's certainly a challenge myself my colleagues collective shout and others that we work with are trying to do exactly that we are tact we are trying to address the toxic messages of pornography that give our young people distorted ideas about their bodies, about relationships, about sexuality. We're trying to help girls to be empowered to resist unwanted sexual intrusions into their lives. I had a letter from a 15-year-old girl recently who described after hearing me speak being asked for a naked selfie and knowing exactly what to do and she said, I said to him, no, you will not treat my body as a piece of meat. And she said, then I blocked him. And she said, I hope I did the right thing. It just happened to be the day after I'd spoken at her school. So we That's are great. girls rising up in collective yeah. resistance uh, to the, the treatment of boys, to porn culture more, more broadly, uh, empowering them to, to want something better, to seek uh, self-respect and respect-based uh, relationships, to value yeah. themselves to not feel they have to conform and, yes. and go, go with, with the tide. And it, it, it's difficult, you know, it takes a lot of guts and bravery not to, to go with uh, the expectations of society and, and pop culture. Uh, but we are seeing more girls doing that and that's what gets me out of bed pretty much every day. Absolutely. And I think what I love hearing and seeing what you're doing is in speaking to groups you're helping to bring a collective shout so in instead of girls feeling isolated and Correct. you know I feel a bit isolated they can 
encourage each other to stand That's against right. those things that are hurting them. In fact. That's correct, and in fact yeah. they, they use that wording, they say that uh, the workers' collective shout helps them to feel braver, to, to make that stand and to feel they are deserving of something better, to act personally and politically, to change this uh, formative landscape, this harm, harmful, pornified in, environment. So they decide to reject it for themselves, but then to go one step further and, and join this grassroots protest movement against sexualization and gentrification and, and pornification of culture. Yeah, no, I, it, I'm, I'm delighted and you know some of our listeners will be quite a bit older so I just want to let them know too and I'll put a link on the show notes of this podcast. Um, Collective Shout, just doing a great job. I know that um, I'm across a lot of your campaigns and have written right. in and what I love about it is it's like, you know, one voice alone can't do much, but when we join our voices together, you know, with you and that you can really make some change and it's just, it really is such a wonderful and empowering thing that you are providing, a, a platform oh, thank you. you are yes. providing. We've seen some yeah. amazing victories in the last eight years against uh, significant companies and corporations, uh, victories against, you know, some big name brands in, in exposing what they're doing. And now yeah. we've, we've seen an amazing shift. We actually have major corporates coming to us and asking us, how can we do better? How can, how can you help us uh, to do wow. better? We've launched a wow. corporate social responsibility pledge that we want to be as well known as fair trade campaigns, fair wear, fair fashion, fair chocolate, a statement of intention not to objectify women and sexualize girls to sell products and services. And so any companies that might be listening that would like to sign up to this pledge, uh, please contact us about that. So we have a lot of new positive initiatives happening uh, to try and change the culture uh, yes. so that uh, we can hopefully decrease these negative physical and mental health outcomes in our young people especially. I love it. I love it. And you know what? It's so empowering to us, myself, to other people who are listening, to us as individuals to know that we can... I'm not sure why there's a bit of a reverb there, but it's so powerful to know that we can actually join our voice. We can do something. We're not we're not passive consumers of That's exactly right. rubbish. Yeah. One voice can make a difference, Michelle. We have seen victories within four hours because one yes. person chose to do something. Yes. Uh, and that's the power of individuals deciding to act. It's the power of, of social media. And, you know, we help to equip and empower people to make a difference in their communities. We give them the skills of the, to do that and as a result uh, we, are, we can achieve even more victories together. It's wonderful. And Melinda, before I go, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I mean, what you, the work you're doing with the young people is just incredible but I'm also aware that, um, you know, I just had a letter from a lady who listens to the podcast and, you know, we know that this pornification of culture is really impacting all relationships. So I'm thinking of an older lady in her second marriage and, um, yep. you know, just her husband, you know, just the, it, it impacts on people's relationships across the board, doesn't it? So, oh, it certainly does. Uh, pornography's influence is destroying relationships uh, at, at, at every age. Um, really, and so we need to see more men rising up and recognizing that they're being told a lie as well and yes. uh, to, to not use it, you know, stop justifying it, just stop stop using it. If you want to have healthy, respect-based uh, friendships and relationships with women, pornography is not going to help you to achieve that. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. 
Oh. And women shouldn't I, put up with it oh, either. Sorry. Women should not put up with it. No. And and something I remember you brought out um, a lady some years ago, Gail Dines, and I remember, um, you know, sometimes when people start to just mess with what what they think is soft porn, it it can have a very slippery slope to harder and more. You know, people can find themselves behaving in ways that they never anticipated when they first sort of got into that space. And that's so, absolutely true. A lot yeah. of men say, "Oh, you know, I just look at." softer porn so-called uh, and then they find they don't get the same hit anymore from that because their brains become acclimatized to that and so they move to harder and harder material and find themselves in places they never thought they'd end up uh, yeah. to get that same rush to get that same thrill and uh, you know they need to be aware of that the, the porn companies want to get more users they are actually reaching out to children now. There's porn websites that are based on children's most popular cartoon characters. There wow. are, they've studied the most common keystroke errors children make when they type search terms into search engines and they send boys to porn sites based on the mistakes that the boys were typing. So they are wow. trying to get our, our boys and young men uh, to become compulsive porn users to, to breed that next generation of porn users for, for global profits. You know, we argue why why should the vested interest of porn companies come before the well being of our of our children and young people. So we've been yes. calling on our governments and our regulatory bodies to do something about this, to follow the UK's lead on this, because right now it's the Wild West. Our children are being harmed. We've had a quadrupling of child on child sexual assault in four years. Yes. Boys acting wow. out sexually on girls and in schools. We have now uh, adolescent boys responsible for a fifth of all rapes of women and between a third and a half of all rapes of girls, our adolescent wow. boys. So, you know, what other statistics do we need to present before our governments decide to do something about this and act yes. on, you know, prevention rather than cure, which may not be a cure at all because... It's very difficult to, you know, rehabilitate children that are sexually offending from primary school age, you know. Yes, absolutely. So we need a combined effort. We need an all of, all whole of community approach to do something about this. Well, Melinda, to you and your team, look, just heartfelt congratulations. Well done. And I'm, I'm in there with you. I, I regularly, right. you know, look at what you're doing. I'll post your... Uh, your contact details on my um, web page and Thank can I ask you. you just if you're if there's some young person listening right now is there just one thing or one thought that you might like to encourage them with even before we just leave this chat today definitely well uh, our young people are just you're just worth so much more than the culture around you tells you um, don't be dismayed uh, rise up you don't need to be a passive victim of what this world is telling you you can r rise above that and join with other young people in in resistance in uh, you know opposition and protest uh, because really it's our young people that have the most to lose uh, you know we have failed yes. them as adults and i yes. don't believe it'll be my generation that changes uh, this i believe it'll be the next generation so we need more young people to rise up and to speak out and to demand something better for themselves and for their friends. And the wonderful thing is you're seeing that, aren't you? You're seeing young people rise up and that must we just are. give you such encouragement and hope. It really does give me great encouragement and great hope uh, when young people contact me 
and say they're making other choices now that they're they're resisting the toxic messages about their bodies, about relationships, about sexuality, that they're demanding something different, that they're joining a collective shout. And as I said, that just gets me out of bed every day. Well, Melinda tankard Reese, on behalf of myself and all the listeners, I just want to say thank you, well done, and we're with you. I'm with you, and go That's for great. it. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Thanks I really so appreciate your support. Thank you so much. If people want to sign up, collectiveshout.org. Check out our Facebook page as well, and they can look at my website, melindachankardreese.com. Absolutely. Melinda, thank you so much. A pleasure. Thanks, Michelle. Well, what a pleasure to speak with Melinda Tankard-Reese, and those contact details will be in the show notes on my webpage, michellesparks.com. Thanks so much for your time. Please, uh, questions, feedback, love to hear from you. And until next time, travel well.